Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's this week's message from Hollyview Church. Pastor Joel is continuing our study in the book of Ephesians. He's in Ephesians chapter 5 with the message, One Another. We're going to continue our series uh, in the book of Ephesians, but I'd like to begin this morning by reading uh, just three verses. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15. Uh, Person 5 and 15. It says, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, or actually redeeming, delivering, snatching back the time, grabbing hold of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We're going to stop right there. Don't be foolish. Understand the will of the Lord. It's a very simple message this morning. Do the right thing. I think we can be dismissed now. No, let me pray. Lord, as we come to your text, uh, this beautiful melody of a text this morning, I pray that you would allow the music to ring in our ears, uh, that our minds and our hearts and our bodies would respond, that we would bring you glory, Lord, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, that people would see us and see a group of people that is dancing to a different song. And that that would be so attractive and inviting, they would want to know, what what is it that you're listening to? So I pray that you would stir up our affections this morning to you. You'd open our ears so we could hear the music you would open our eyes so that we could see clearly, and our hearts would just be drawn to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat this morning. It, it does seem kind of easy. Uh, don't be foolish, be wise. And everyone's like, amen. We all want to be wise. We don't want to be foolish. You just need to do what the Lord says. E- easy enough, right? And so why do we leave here and all of a sudden it feels so difficult to do sometimes? Well, before we get to our text in Ephesians 5, I want to set the message up uh, by actually talking about dancing. Now, I know dancing in a church, uh, there's probably a wide variety of people and their perspectives uh, of dancing. Uh, probably for some of you, it's, especially in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, it's fine. Everything's pretty free out here. I grew up in the Bible Belt, and so dancing for me uh, was frowned upon, and my grandparents thought it was wicked. It was really bad. So as you could probably know then when I grew up, I didn't dance a lot. I don't think I've ever seen my parents dance. Um, but I have to confess to you that there were several times where I would hear some music that I would like, it just start moving. Are you guys, is there anyone like that? You hear the song or the beat and you're just like, oh man, you're just, your hand starts tapping and you just start going because the music, like it moves you uh, in, in some way. When we were in Slovenia, 
uh, every year we got to witness uh, something called a Matarinsky Ples, which is actually the graduation dance. Uh, the senior class of all the high school students would learn several like ballroom dances, uh, and at the end of the year, for their graduation, they would invade the town square or the walking street, or they would shut the street down, uh, and they would perform the ballroom dances that they uh, would kind of learn over their senior year. Uh, so the uh, Viennese, Viennese, Vienna Waltz, Viennese Waltz, the quick step, all, all these ones that they would learn and they would come together on a town square. The whole town, like the whole country would do it. They would play on the radio and, and they tried to always get the Guinness Book of World Records uh, for the most people to dance the waltz at one time. And so on the radio, you'd hear the announcer, here we go, and they'd play it over the loudspeakers of all, in all the towns all around, and you would have hundreds of students out there uh, dancing together. And it was, it was beautiful to watch uh, as the music was going and they, were, like, they had learned these songs and could dance together. Uh, they danced with such like uh, harmony and synchrony, the whole thing. And there were students that were, some of them were tall and some of them were really short. Some of them were from the city, some of them were from farms. Some of them like were really well-to-do, some of them weren't. Some of them were only kids and some of them were huge families and yet all of them at the same time could dance these song, these, to these songs together, these dances. It was absolutely beautiful uh, to watch all those things. As they had learned these dances, and the music started motivated them to move. Now, just like they had to learn the graduation dance through the years, and then when the music came on, they, they, would, they would move to that. We're going to see today that Paul... And Ephesians 5 wants to help believers to dance to the rhythm of the gospel, to, to move, to respond to this movement of the gospel message. And, and you, might, you might be thinking, okay, well, what's the rhythm of the, the gospel? I mean, my home growing up, that might even seem kind of weird. What's the rhythm of the gospel? How do I know what I should, should do? What, what moves I should have? When do I step forward? When do I step back? When do I spin around? When do I, when do I stop? How do I know how to dance to the rhythm of the gospel? Well, that brings us back to Ephesians 5. This is our text today. We're going we're gonna to go through it in two sections. The first section uh, we'll really see is as Paul builds this case for the music of the gospel, that he wants you to hear and, and this, this tones and melodies of the, of the gospel, uh, like plugged into the first 21 verses we'll see. And then after that, he's going to teach us like the kind of the rhythm or the dancing moves of the gospel. How, how do we move and, and act in that? And we're actually going to take three examples. We're going to go to the chapter 6 and verse 9, because I think all of them really are three examples that are packed together. And I'll, I'll show you uh, those. But he talks about uh, these married couples, wives and husbands. He talks about the families, like children and parents, especially fathers. And then he talks about servants and, and masters. Really has three examples uh, of this rhythm or this movement there. And I, I think... Uh, what Paul's driving at is if we can hear the music of the gospel and we can move to the rhythm, people around us will, will see a picture of Jesus. Like, they'll see in our relationship something way different than the world has to offer. So let's look. Let's look first at the music of the gospel. Let's begin in Ephesians 5 and verse 1. 
And if you can follow along, especially pay attention to the word walk. He uses the term walk, but you also see he mixes it with music. So it's like walking to this melody or, or walking to the sound. And, and walk is really like a way of life or movement or action. So you can almost see like th this is the music that he's saying that we want to, we want to live by. Ephesians 5 and verse 1. Therefore, because of everything he said before, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or, is, or who is uh, covetous, what is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of, this, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Some poem or maybe even a, a song. Verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're actually going to pause right there. It's actually connected to the whole rest of it, but we're just going to pause right here and, and make a few uh, comments. Paul, I think as he imagines believers, he imagines them with a song stuck in their head. That they're going around uh, the day and their lives with these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody of it. And, and I think that whole song that he has in his head is the song of the gospel. He uses this term walk. But he speaks of it as this movement, this life-giving thing, this movement that is like responsive to the music or melody of the gospel. And he, and he uses three times to walk in such a way. He says, walk in love, walk, he, you walk in light, so walk as children of light, and then walk with wisdom. Love, light, and wisdom. I'm just going to summarize kind of what he was saying in, in each of uh, those sections, to walk in love. And as he describes it, this isn't a feeling he has. This is actually a self-sacrifice looking out for other people. It's a decision 
to look out for the interests of other people above your own interest. That's love. Not, not looking out for your, yourself or what you even most desire or what's good for you first. It's looking out for other people, those around you, what is best for them. And even contrast it with no coarse joking or, or talking or these sexual things, these desires in you that you want to take, 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 make me look good, make me feel protected. He says it's not that. It's the opposite of that. Love is a self-sacrifice giving your life for another. Walk in love. Second, he says, walk in light. You are children of light. As you are in the Lord, you are, you are light. And then he explains what that is. If you are in the Lord and you are uh, children of light, then the fruit that comes out of these, not even the things that you, you do, but the things that come out of you, this fruit, he says, is very simple. It's three things. If you're walking in light, there's three things that come out of you. What's good, what's right, and what's true. Very simple. What's good, what's right, and what's true. What's good. He's challenging you. Are you taking and looking at the world and going, I'm going to decide what's good? Or are you submitting yourself under Christ and going, no, what God calls good, I'll call good. And what he calls evil, I'll call evil. He's saying that's, that's the way to walk in the light. It's to say what the Lord says goes. And what I say is, is not even in an equation of that. I'm going to do what is good, what God calls good. What's right? The, the, the rightness is actually uh, this idea of righteousness, which is actually uh, the righteousness uh, is the right relationship between you and God and you and other people. It's a relational term. What's right to do? To, to walk in, in light is actually to be thinking about other people and, and what your relationship is like with those other people. Rather than I have a right to do this, it's I have a right to lay actually this down to think for my brother or sister. The thinking through, is this pushing me closer to the Lord or, or further away from the Lord? Is it, is it fair? Is it just? Is it going to build that other person up? Is it going to, is it going to bring them closer to the Lord or, or push them away? Is it going to bring me closer to that person or, or push them away? Is it right? And the last thing, is it true? Now, truth in our society today seems to be very fuzzy, but I think God's made it very clear. There's a, there's a reality, a dependability. There's a, there's a way that the Lord like fashion the world together and told us this is good, this is right, this is true. And people want to take that and twist it and turn it around. But as believers, we should be listening to the song that makes us respond to the light, to live as thinking the best for other people and ourselves, but that is good and right and true. And then finally, walk in love, walk in light. And the last one is really walk in wisdom. He says, don't be foolish, don't be unwise, be wise. Walk in wisdom. And we spent most of the first part of this year, if you were here, talking about what wisdom is. And it begins with the fear of the Lord. And not a, not a fear of like, oh, uh, I can't get close to him. It's a fear that actually draws us to him. If we've repented uh, of our sins, it's, it's a fear that goes, man, isn't a Lord amazing? Unless you're living in rebellion of him, and then the fear should be like, there's a judgment coming. I should respond to that. 
To walk in wisdom, then, is to, to know God's Word, to respond to God's Word, to, to take in wise counsel, counsel from others who know the Lord as well. To walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk in wisdom. And that's really, Paul's like, you can hear him almost, almost chanting this or singing this piece. This, this is like, this is like a, a melody of a song of the, the gospel. He, he even says, uh, like the very beginning, to walk in love, like Christ, the perfect one, came down, lived a perfect life, and sacrificed for us who didn't deserve it. That, that we can put our trust in him because he's forgiven us and, and saved us, and that all of our life then should be in response to listening to the song of the gospel. That what Christ has done for you should then like, have you respond to, to that melody, that song, to put your trust in him. It's like the old uh, hymn. You probably know, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Like, uh, like you should have this song in your head uh, about love and light and wisdom as you walk through the world, that you're listening to this music in your head that's causing you to respond in such a way that brings God glory and, and allows you to listen to the music of the gospel. But that's not the only melody that's out there playing, is it? It's not the only song that you hear throughout your week. We, we hear songs of, of pain, of abuse, of loneliness, anger, insecurity, jealousy, rejection. All, all these songs begin to play in our, our head and we respond to them and it causes us to move in a different way. But not just us, the person next to you is hearing the same battle for which song they're going to respond to. Even people here in the church, as they listen to different competing songs. Songs move us and cause us to respond in different ways. If it's a fast song, we move fast. If it's a slow song, we move slow. Now, with this uh, gospel song set up that Paul is, he, he's, he wants to now take that and apply that to three different kind of relationships. Three examples of people that really the partners that are dancing uh, together in three kind of uh, ways that can probably be the most uh, tricky to dance together. With wives and husbands, with children and parents, and servants and masters. And we have the song of the gospel that should be uh, playing in the back of our mind as we enter into these uh, relationships. But dancing to this rhythm is, is challenging at times. Uh, it's possible that these dances uh, end up in a whole wrong place where there's pain and bitterness. And the sound and the music of the gospel begins to fade away to, for a different song. So, so let's look at these three. I'm actually just going to do one and then kind of fill out in some examples for the, the other two this morning. So we'll just, we'll just do wives and, and husbands, but uh, I think what we're going to talk about after that is going to apply to all three of them and really any relationship you have. Wives and uh, husbands. Uh, as we get to this point, and you've, we've, if you've read along in the letter, it's beautiful. It's about unity. It's about oneness. It's about diversity and all coming together. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And then you get to this point 
with uh, wives and husbands. And as you're reading along, you might get to this point and feel like, oh, I feel like somebody just like, punched me in the gut. You might feel like, yeah, I was listening to one radio station, and someone just reached down and turned it to a completely different station. Like you were listening to soft music, and all of a sudden it's heavy metal music. You're like, but you have to remember as we enter into this that the, that the music of the gospel is still playing. And then there's actually probably some of your experience or even expectations of, of why you're hearing uh, maybe another song cranked up. Maybe your toes were stepped on before. Uh, maybe you were hurt. Uh, and so the sound of the, the gospel is starting to, to fade away uh, in this area. Maybe uh, you were expecting someone to do this lovely dip for you, but instead of dipping you, they just dropped you and your head's hurting now. Different songs playing in your head. Well, the image that we're going to read about, about wives and husbands is actually connected to the verse before. This is like the umbrella verse. Verse 21 is the umbrella verse on which all of this comes uh, under. It actually borrows the verb and all for all the rest of it as well. So it says, uh, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. That uh, can be difficult to do. And he's going to give us three examples um, as we learn to dance to the sound of the gospel. To, to, to be this beautiful picture of, of two uh, or three or a community of diverse people all dancing in unison together that can picture Jesus and his church to the world. Well, in Ephesians, we begin, like I said, with we're one, unity. Remember, we're one, we're one. You're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're one together. There's this beautiful community in Christ. And then he starts talking about, oh, yeah, but you're all different. And you have this gift, and you have this gift, and you have this gift. Isn't it beautiful? We're all different, and we're all unified. And, and then he's, I think he's anticipating it. Oh, yeah, that might be difficult to do, to all be different and all be one together. So, so he wants to set it up. Here's the gospel music, but now how's this, going to, how's this going to work? We're still diverse, so we need to learn to dance, dance together. We need to learn some moves, the gospel moves. So let's look at wives and, and husbands. Verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. We'll stop right there. 
this rhythm of the gospel uh, set in motion to this married couple who have given covenant of their lives together, who, who, who love each other. There, there's this gospel rhythm of love and respect back and forth as this dance of marriage takes place. It's beautiful when it happens, right? It's a give and take that you look at and just long for, that the world sees and is like, wow, that's something different there. Well, the first step of this dance, the very first step, when they're standing there together and the music plays, the very first step is for a husband to step forward and love his wife. Husbands, love your wives. Take the step forward. You're the first one that should move. You're the first one that should enter in. Husbands, love your wives. And it doesn't say any qualifiers to it. It doesn't say, love your wife if she's lovable. It doesn't say, make your wife lovable either. It doesn't say, it doesn't matter how you you feel. You hear the gospel music, and you step forward in love. Not a feeling, but a self-sacrifice of laying your life down and serving your wife. I think hopefully for most of us men who are married, or, or one day will be married, I think that's something inside of us we want to do. We, we want a woman to win over. We, we want to make another person feel like they're the best in the world. So why, don't, why doesn't that happen? I think because it comes very difficult at times. So I'm just going to speak to the to men. Women, you can listen in. That's totally fine. I think uh, we, we don't always uh, step forward. And maybe this is just me, but I'm guessing it's all you men. Uh, because we think, why, am I always have to, why do I have to be the one that always steps forward? Why, why do I always have to be the one that, that takes the risk? Well, why couldn't she do it sometimes? Or I've actually stepped forward, and she said she didn't want to dance. And then I look like a fool. Or I've stepped forward and she's criticized how I've stepped. I've stepped too early. I've stepped too slow. I've stepped too, too far. I've stepped too short. She complains and criticizes. I'd rather not dance. But Paul, if you want to hear the music of the gospel, first for husbands, the very first step is to step forward and love your wives. To give of yourself for another. Not out of feeling but out of self-sacrifice to lay down your life for her. To raise her up. talks about protection and nourishing like she's your own body. I imagine Paul, if he heard the gospel music, and it was, if he had a wife, he'd be spinning her on the dance floor. Look how beautiful she is. She's, she's my love. I'd give anything for her. Well, wives, you're supposed to respond in a similar way by responding with respect to your husband's. Responding with respect. And I guarantee you, there are times your husband does not deserve respect. But again, Paul doesn't give qualifiers. Respect your husband if he's respectable. Respect your husband if he's actually done what you've told him to do or asked him to do. It doesn't say any of that. It says, it says wives, respect your husbands. Don't, don't use your words to tear him down. Don't be protective. Don't... Don't respond out of fear or hurt. Build him up. Honor him with your words and your actions. Speak strength into him. Now, just imagine what that would be like 
if a husband loved wholeheartedly and gave himself for his wife, and, and a wife in return thought her man was the best man in the world, that they would serve each other. No, I'd like to serve you today. No, I'd serve you today. This dance of, of marriage that reflects the gospel. I imagine if it was like a group of people that were like that, it would be like uh, the square in Slovenia and seeing all those dancers spinning at the same time. Just beautiful. M moving, responding to the music of the gospel. You know, music that, that invokes something in us to move to humility and grace and truth and kindness and patience and joy. It doesn't make you the same person. It actually uses your differences and complements the other person as a gift to them. So Paul takes that example of the rhythm of the gospel, and then he moves on to two more of children and parents, and specifically looking at fathers, and then also servants and masters. But if we had much more time today, we could go on to those and pick apart a few things. But really, I'm just going to generalize a lot of, a lot of this uh, as we come to the end. In all of these relationships, there's potential for deep hurt, for wounds, for abuse and neglect. There's potential to dance to a different song other than the gospel. Uh, and so I want to invite you all to a premarital session in my office because I want to take a tool uh, that I learned a long time ago and apply it uh, to relationships you have. So you can think of any relationship you have uh, with a sibling or with a parent or with a, uh, a schoolmate or a neighbor or your spouse or your grandpa, any, any relationship you have where you're thinking, I'm dancing with this other person. And, and that relationship, has that dance has not gone very well. And there's probably, you're probably doing a different dance other than the dance of the gospel. So there's three dances that we often revert to that crowd out uh, the music of the gospel and, and make us dance in a, in a different way. Uh, three dances um, that I want to teach you. These are bad dances that crowd out the, the music of the gospel dance. Here's, here's the first one. It's called the polka protest. Polka protest. How many of you like polka? Hey, there's some people... Slovenes love polka. They had, yeah, they loved it. Uh, here's what I know about polka. It's often irritating, and it's often repeated over and over and over again. Like, like over and over again. Uh, but it's lively and fun. Well, the polka protest goes like this in a relationship. Uh, I think this probably most often happens in marriages, but I think it can also uh, work in siblings or uh, employee boss or, or whatever. Here, here's the polka protest. These two people are dancing and something's wrong. Something goes, something's not right in the relationship. There, there's, a, there's a break in some way. Disappointment or discouragement or someone's been hurt. Something's not quite right there. Now, now one person will go and feel it inside and go, I, I think something's not right. And so they will step forward. And they will step forward to let them know. And it's usually with some emotion. It's, it's usually responding to this feeling to let people know something's not right here. You didn't do something right, or I'm not feeling this way, or, or, or some way as they step forward. Well, now, the second person, not wanting to cause drama, uh, not wanting to get in a fight, will step back. 
uh, and the dance begins. Uh, they think in their mind, boy, this person is emotional. Uh, they're very aggressive right now. And so what I want to do to maintain our relationship is I'm going to step back. Which the person who stepped forward because something was wrong, when they see someone who steps back goes, oh, I haven't, I haven't protested loud enough yet. They haven't heard me. And they're actually inviting me to protest a little louder. So I will do that for them. Something is wrong. Don't you understand? Now, they may not be able to articulate it, but they're feeling it inside. And as they step forward again, you know what that other person does? Oh, I'm so glad I didn't step forward. I would have gotten my head bit off. It would have been a huge fight. Maybe it would have ended our marriage. So what does he do? Or she? <laughs> he? Okay, you got me. <laughs> what does he do? He steps back saying, ooh, I'm so glad I didn't step into that. I don't want to cause drama. To which the other person, do we get it? Over and over. This is the polka protest. As one person steps forward, there's something not right here. And the other person goes, whoa, let's just calm down. And they say, no, you don't understand. And they say, well, let's just relax. And around and around they go. The polka protest. Um, ready for the second dance? Is anyone feeling convicted yet? Or just me? Okay. You should raise your hand if you're convicted or like, amen, that's something. Uh, here's, the second, here's the second dance we do, the blame game. The blame game. And, and I often think of this one uh, as like one of those angry rap songs in a house where they blame society, you blame your parents, you blame your, your cousin, you blame your dog, you blame everything. The whole world is out to get you. And it, it's their problem. And so you're blaming everyone. And a blame game, actually, how this song uh, this dance goes, is you start blaming that. Well, if you would have done that, and the other person in response goes, nope, you're the one to blame. If you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have had to do that. So really, if you would just stop that, to which that person then goes, no, you're to blame. Everyone's to blame. And so round and round, this rap song of the, the blame game goes, and you're dancing to it, but it's more like, a, I almost picture like a mosh pit. Because you're like flailing around and hitting, everyone's to blame. And it's not even like rhythmic or anything, but it's the blame game. You're to blame. You did it. It's not my fault. Have you ever said anything like that? The blame game. The blame game, that dance, uh, everyone ends up a victim. Uh, I'm a victim, you're a victim, we're all victims, let's blame whoever we can. Uh, blame is just overflowing. There's enough blame for everybody. It's usually a dance of anger and of a lot of emotions, the blame game. So we have the polka protest, you know, step forward, step back. We have the blame game. They're both attacking each other. And then we have the third one, which is freeze and flee, freeze and flee. Uh, I can picture this like an old country song where your, your baby leaves you, your dog leaves you, uh, your car leaves you, your everything, everyone leaves you. Now, freeze and flee is actually a very sad dance uh, because maybe you're dancing and someone gets their, their toes stepped on and so one person goes, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it, so I'm just going to, I'm going to step back. And so the other person, uh, rather than the polka protest and going, something's wrong, they'll go, oh, I've hurt them, I don't want to hurt them anymore, so I'll just step back. To which they say, oh, they're kind of abandoning me. Well, that's, that's okay. I don't want to cause any problems. I'll just, I'll just step back. To which the other person goes, well, I don't want to be the first one to step forward. 
uh, I don't want to be the one that caused drama, and so they just step back. In, in the freeze and flee, this dance, you often hear uh, couples or individuals say, it's just not worth it. I don't want to cause drama. I don't want to have a fight. Or if you hear couples who are like, now there's a few exceptions. If you've really gone well in your marriage and you're at a certain point, I think hopefully fights get less and less and less and smaller. But, but if you freeze and flee for so long, you have two people that are so far apart on the dance floor and, and it, you're like, they don't even know each other anymore. And the sound of the gospel in those things is... Is not, it's not even there. The, the three uh, dances, the polka protest, the blame game, and the freeze and flee. Do you, do you recognize having danced any of those? Anyone? Do you want you to just shake your heads with me? I have, and I've danced all of them at different times. Uh, you protect yourself. You get what's best for you. You don't, you don't sacrifice. And all of a sudden, the music of the gospel is like really low. The self-sacrificing love and light, what's good and right and true, what's wise, what's the fear of the Lord, uh, that music is turned down to, to you got to attack or you got to retreat. You got to get what's yours. You got to just take it or no one's looking out for you. You're the only one. It's all these lies of the enemy that cause you to respond just like music does to the tapping of your foot or the... the the patting of your hand, it's causing you to respond in a certain way. So if you're listening, if you're, if you're listening to one of those and you see yourself responding to the music of that in a dance like the polka protest or the blame game or the freeze and flee, what do you do? So I think the, let me just offer just a little bit of advice. Not that I've perfected it at all. I just asked my wife. Uh, but I think I'm hopefully learning to listen more to the music of the gospel. The first thing you need to do is you need to recognize you're dancing the wrong dance. And you need to turn the music down. Take a time out. Go, hey, we're dancing wrong here. You can even label it. I think we're doing the polka protest. Or I think we're doing the blame game. Or we're freezing and fleeing. Why are we? We need to engage with each other. You need, to, you need to recognize we're dancing the wrong dance. And then you need to turn the gospel music up. Well, not gospel music. I mean, you can if you want to. But you need the, the music of the gospel message. Don't attack because Jesus has given you this ministry of reconciliation that brings two unique other people together and, and groups of people together to dance the same dance. It means going back to the gospel message again. Maybe, maybe if you're fighting with your spouse or your sibling, uh, here's a challenge. Next time you fight with your brother or sister, go, stop. We're doing the polka pro, we're doing the blame game. Let's pray. How shocking would that be in the middle of a, a fight? To go, let's pray. Wouldn't that be amazing? As a parent, I'd be like, yeah, and then I'd be convicted all at the same time. Yeah, oh, I should be doing that too. To hear the music of the gospel, to memorize scripture, to, to have songs of worship on, on your radio. Not only those, that's fine, you listen to other things too, but when you feel yourself dancing to the wrong music, put on music that glorifies God. What, what if we did that in our homes? What if you did that in your, in your work? 
think it would be like this group of people all jamming to a, a much different song than the world. It'd be the picture that I have of, you ever pull up to a red light and you see the person next to you who is in their car just like, yeah, but you can't hear a thing. But you know they are totally enjoying the music. I mean, whatever it is, it is moving them. And I don't know about you, I'm always like, I turn my radio off and go, I wonder what they're listening to. You ever done that? Or do you just complain? (laughs) Sometimes, depends on the music. it's, that, it's the person who is at the bus stop with the headphones on that doesn't care about the world around them because they are just grooving. They got a song that's making them move. And, and you just smile, right? Because this person is just, is just free. What, what if we as believers had headphones of the gospel on as we went throughout our day? And as people like were totally rude to us, we were gentle and compassionate and kind with them. They'd be like, what music are you listening to? They'd want to know. Maybe, just maybe, they would even ask, tell me about this song. You could be able to tell them about the gospel, about the forgiveness that you could have, the removal of shame and guilt, revenge. You don't have to get your own. You can actually dance with another freely and beautifully. Well, let's uh, pray, and we're actually going to respond with worship. Lord, as we have hopefully sat for a while in the melody of the gospel, the music playing in our ears, of love and sacrifice and humility and kindness and patience and what's good and right and true. Lord, would those be the earphones we wear throughout the day? That as we even go home this afternoon, it's, it's going to happen. Where all of a sudden the music of the gospel goes down and the music of pain and hurt... Uh, and jealousy and anger start moving our body. Would we recognize that, Lord? Would the Holy Spirit convict us in those times? Would we do something radically different by not just continuing the song over and over and over again, but that we would would allow your Spirit to whisper the words of life in our ears and that we would respond to the gospel music. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212, between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.